Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode today. I'm excited to be sharing some thoughts with you. I had a session with a couple a few days ago and something that she said really struck me. So I wanted to pass this along because I feel like so many couples get stuck in this particular area where they were struggling, but how we spoke about it and the the, the process and the approach that we took was they, they felt like after the session, they felt like they were in a different place and they had a game plan, they had clarity. And so if you're struggling with a similar situation, then I hope that this can provide some tools and direction for you. And this particular situation is how to deal with triggers and what some specific triggers are for the women and what the husbands can do in order to help her work through and process and diffuse these triggers. Now, I look at this very, very differently than many other people who are in this, you know, in the in the addiction recovery space. So often people say, okay, if she's got a trigger or if he has a trigger, then they need to go off and do their individual work and they need to work through this. They need to process this. And it's not like there's no place really for the relationship. They have to do their own work. And this is something that I, I could not disagree with more. And the reason why I'm such an advocate for using the relationship as a resource is because we are biologically hardwired to connect with somebody else. There's a researcher who I absolutely love. She's done decades worth of research, specifically with couples. And she works with couples who are struggling with trauma. She works with the couples who are struggling with uh, infidelity and betrayal. And the research that she does, it's such a cool thing because she pairs up with these uh, brain researchers who can do brain scans and they call it, it's an fMRI machine, which basically is a, uh, it's, it's a, a machine where you lay down in and then you can get a real time picture of what's going on in the brain. So instead of like a brain scan where you can just see a static picture, the technology that they've had for the last, I don't know, I'm not sure how long ago, how long it came out, but it's been at least 10 years 15, maybe 20 years now that they've had fMRI machines, they can see it in real time and know what's happening in different parts of the brain as certain things are happening. And her research has been like transformative when it comes to helping couples because through her research, she's able to see in real time the effect that it has on the brain. And so what she and other researchers have discovered is that because we are wired biologically for connection and for the need to have somebody like our, like one of the fastest ways for us to create safety is to be with somebody else. And we very easily see this in children. I remember uh, I've got two little kids. I've got a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And whenever there's a loud noise, my little two-year-old guy, he's very, very sensitive to noise. Uh, This is, I guess, a side little, a side, uh, a little side tangent. I, I remember hearing there's only two things that we're born afraid of. Number one is the fear of falling. And number two is the fear of loud noises. I can't remember where I heard that, but I thought it was interesting. So anyways, I see this present with him. He's terrified of loud noises. I think more so than my six-year-old daughter is or was at his age. And so whenever there's this loud noise, instinctively, he runs directly towards me. And he's seeking comfort. 
And so this is, again, like a, a very easy way to recognize how much we are designed to turn to people that are close to us. And so I say all of this because this is very different than the message that most people get when they're doing their process of healing. There's very much a separation for a long time, and I just think it's so counterproductive, and you're leaving out one of the most important resources that you could possibly have, which is learning how to turn towards each other and how to connect with one another. So how does this relate to triggers? This is such, this overlaps so well with triggers. Now I'll share with you the scenario that I was working with where the wife was having a really difficult time whenever they'd be watching a show together and there would come on some scene of some woman and immediately her thought, like let's say if she was more scantily clad or there was some kind of a, like a scene where they started to kiss, instantly she would get triggered. And so often... The husband did not know what to do in these moments, and he didn't know exactly why she was triggered. There was just a scene going on, but she wasn't, he was not sure what her biggest struggle was in that moment. So I wanted to make this episode and share with you so often one of the bigger triggers that women experience is while, yes, this image reminds her of the past and what he used to do, But for her, and for many other women that I work with, the bigger trigger in that moment is the uncertainty of her not knowing what he's thinking about and what's going on inside of him. And so this is the thing that was like shocking for him because he always just thought, okay, there's this scene. She's going to think about all this stuff again. And now we're going to be in a bad place because she's going to feel sad or hurt or angry and I'm not going to know what to do. So it all just kind of ends up spiraling for him uh, because he wasn't sure what to do. So I wanted to spend time in in processing with her what was going on for her in that moment. And the biggest takeaway in that session for him was the fact that she was most triggered by not knowing and guessing what's going on for him internally as they're watching shows and what that brings up for him. Because her number one concern or fear is that, okay, this is going to trigger him back into the addiction. Maybe there's a couple of things actually that got brought up for her, and I think this is common for many women. There's a fear that that'll trigger them to go back to the addiction, number one. For her, number two, there was another big, big fear of having to feel like she needs to compete with the images that are on the screen. So if she sees these other women on the screen, she thinks to herself, well, I don't look like that. I'm not attractive like that. I'm not, you know, fill in the blank enough. I'm not pretty enough or sexy enough or fun enough. It it always comes down to some fear or insecurity of not being enough in some way. And so those were the two biggest triggers for her. And the, the, the approach that we took in session wasn't to tell her to go off and like take care of this by herself and go to a different room and calm herself down. And I know that every situation and circumstance is different. So there's, there's not some general like this applies in every single scenario. But that's rarely the approach that I begin with in these particular circumstances. And while I think that, yes, there is a place to meditate and to calm yourself down and know how to self-soothe and regulate your own emotions, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that. 
one of the things that I recommend to most men that I work with is doing, there's this app called Headspace, which is a 10-minute mindfulness meditation app because it teaches you how to observe how you feel without getting swept away with how you feel. I guess I'll save, uh, <laughs> I'm such a big proponent of this, maybe I'll do a specific episode about how valuable that skill is. But while yes, I think that there is absolutely a place for people doing their individual work, I'm a huge fan of that for the people that I work with, for myself in individually, I love doing my own work, making progress and refining myself. I rarely begin with that in these moments specifically. And the reason is because if she's triggered and it's super important to recognize that her fears are in relation to him. That's one of the main reasons why I always start with, okay, how can we come together? Because her fear is in relation to him. Her fear is, do I measure up in his eyes? Do I have to compete with these images? Because if I do, I can't. And the other fear of what's he thinking about right now? Is his attention going elsewhere? Is his attention going to this image that we're looking at and away from me? Or are we going to be able to come together and navigate this moment and be on the same page and be on the same team and have a stronger relationship because we're turning towards each other? And so in the session, one of the things that I think is super valuable and so helpful for for people is to create this muscle memory of being able to talk about what's going on in those moments because so often they don't. And one of the key things that I do in session is figure out with the couple what blocks get in the way. What's the mindset? What's the fear? What are the fears? What are the insecurities? Like, what is it that stops you? Because I'll ask her, I'm like, okay, when you're feeling these triggers and you're overwhelmed and you're scared, what do you do? She's like, well, I just kind of, I, I bottle this in and then I want to go into the other room. Or I want to get angry and lash out at him. And so I said, have you ever shared with him in that moment, I'm, I feel really scared right now because I don't know if you're looking at this image and you're comparing me to her, it scares me because I don't feel like I measure up and I, I, I don't want this image to come between us. I turned, to, so I'll ask her, like, have you ever shared something like that with, her, with him? And she's like, no. And I said, okay, help me understand what gets in the way of that. Because in session, there's a progression, right? There's a process that we go through from start to finish to take couples from not talking about what they're feeling, from getting into fights, from getting triggered and triggering each other and feeling disconnected. We go from all of that to getting into a place where they feel security again. There's an open line of communication. They're able to work through fears that come up. They can problem solve together. They can reconnect on a deep level. There's a process that goes from start to finish. And a part of that process is being able to share the triggers. So I want to know what's getting in the way of that if you're having a hard time. For her, she said there were a couple of main blocks. Number one, she feels embarrassed to continually bring this up. She doesn't want to feel like she's the, the person that's always talking about this, that's always stuck in this. She feels embarrassed. You know, she doesn't want him to think like, oh, like, are we still talking about this? This, you know, it's been, it's been 12 months or six months or however long. 
it's uh, you know for him it's it's been a little bit less time than 12 months but you get the idea it's like i don't want him to think oh well, it's been you know 3 months 6 months 12 months 2 years and we're still talking about this so there's an embarrassment there for her number 2 she said i like how things are going right now because we are connecting we are getting along i do feel like my trust is growing so if i were to bring this up i don't want this to bring up a fight and cause a problem so I kind of tiptoe around it and try to deal with these triggers by myself. And then, again, this other fear of, if I bring this up, is this going to cause a fight and a problem, which will then, is that going to make him turn back to the addiction? So there were a handful of things that made it difficult for her to share. And so, again, the beauty of doing the couple's work is that I can in session, and this is what we did, I had her share those fears with him directly. I said, this is really important information because if you guys aren't talking about it and you feel embarrassed because maybe he's judging you or you're afraid of rocking the boat because you like the way that things are going, can you tell him that that's your fear and ask him if it's okay that you share with him? Can you ask him how he feels about it? Because we make up these stories in our head, and we all do it. Everybody, everybody does this. We make up a story or an interpretation in our mind about what something means and what might happen. And so that story or interpretation affects how we feel, which then affects how we respond. So I want to help them cut through all the noise by simply sharing directly how she feels And then asking him, how does he feel about it? Is it okay for him? Would it bother him? Would would he get upset? Would it actually rock the boat? And when she turned and said this to him, his response was such such a positive and receptive response where he's like, I would love for you to be able to share with me what's going on for you because I want to help. I don't want you to struggle. I recognize that when these scenes come up, My mind goes to, okay, this is going to be a problem. I don't want her to be hurt. And then he responds. uh, I guess I'll share in a minute how he, he responds in this cycle. But his response was so open and receptive that it instantly changed how she felt. Again, this is the power of doing this together. Because if she were to go off and go to her group, let's say, again, I think there's a place for having support. I'm a fan of that. We need friends. We need people in our corner. But if she went to her family or her friends or her group and talked about this with them, they would have a different set of feedback and advice for her that might include, well, maybe you just need to not watch that type of television show. Or maybe you need to do this. Or they would just, so often they, they, they focus on these pro, like a problem-solving conversation when it's not about that. It's not about that because that's not where her fear is. And so it's important for sure for us to get support, but this is the value of being able to take how you feel to your spouse because then you can address the fears because again, like I mentioned earlier, her fears were in relation to him. So it wouldn't really matter what her friends said about it because it was specific to him. He is the person that we want to go to for clarification, for reassurance, for support. And so as she turned to him and said, this is how I feel, like, how do you take that? How do you feel? What, what are your thoughts on that? Instantly, 
she feels differently. And then at the end of the session, I check in and say, okay, like if this were to happen again, how would you want to respond? And she's like, I want to tell him. And I, and I was like, how do you, how do you feel about doing that now? She's like, I feel great because he said that he's, he wants me to do that. He's encouraging me, which is very reassuring. And it helps send me the message that he really does care about how I feel. And so I want to share just a couple of more minutes about some of the things that can get in the way of this and some of the things that can make it difficult in these moments. So again, through the process of this session, they left with a a completely different game plan and they're going to be able to continue to create momentum and strengthen their connection because when she turns to him and then he responds compassionately and with understanding and validates and reassures her, not only do they resolve the trigger because they're connecting, but their relationship is growing so much stronger because it's in these moments when our relationship grows faster than when moments are like, you know, we we can be having good moments, but really, really pillar and foundational creating moments happen when things get difficult, when we do get triggered and there's a possibility of disconnection or we get hurt or a fear comes up. Those are the moments where the muscle is built. And of course, there are, I think those are the moments when the muscle is built the most because you're creating new patterns, you're breaking old ones, you're being vulnerable, and then there's the response on the other side, like that's so healing. And so in their cycle, before we had this discussion, he said that whenever an image would come on the screen, he would get very quiet and the, in, a few days before our session, this is why we were discussing this, when it happened, he started to pick up some laundry and started to fold laundry. The scene was happening. So I don't know what the scene was, but some triggering scene was going on on the TV. So he just kind of takes his attention, puts it on the clothes, is folding clothes. They're not talking. It becomes very uncomfortable. And eventually it leads to this kind of breakdown, which is why we're revisiting this in session. And so I said, I, I have a sense of why he's doing that. But again, it's more important that he reveals or shares that with her. So I ask him, so what's happening for you in the moment that you see this stuff on the screen? And he's like, I instantly know that she's likely having a hard time. And I don't want to shine a light on it. I just want to kind of like sweep it away. Because in his mind, if we don't talk about it, Maybe we'll be able to get through this faster. Maybe it's not going to cause her more pain because if I do shine a light on it and we do talk about it, then like that's, that's going to, it's going to go bad. And so that is so often the mentality that so many men have. And it's just a misunderstanding. I under, I, I get why they would think that, but it's a misunderstanding of how we actually resolve triggers. So I hope as I've shared this today, it's been helpful to illuminate. Number one, so often, okay, actually, let me bring this full circle. The reason that the thing that really struck me as we processed this session, and this is what made me want to share this podcast episode, was she said as a summary, she's like, okay, so I just want to make sure I'm understanding this whole thing. She recapped all of what we did. And she said, it's basically like we're sitting side by side And instead of there being a curtain between us, there becomes a window between us when we share. 
Because if I know what's going on in his heart and in his mind, it would relieve so much pressure for me. Because when we're talking about what's going on, because again, remember her, her trigger initially was, I'm scared that I don't know what he's thinking right now. I don't know if this is triggering him. I don't know if this is bringing him back to the addiction. It was as if in her image, which I thought was perfect, they were sitting together on the couch and there's a curtain between them and now she's scared because she wants security. She wants certainty. We need to have this transparency in order to feel trust and in order to feel safe. And so instead of their curtain being there and not talking about it, she said, when we start talking about it, it's like there's a window so I can see into his heart and see into his mind and know that know exactly where he is so that we can either move past it together because he's not triggered or if he is triggered, then we can work through this and he can share with me and we can talk through it and be on the same team and be on the same page as things get processed. And so I thought that was just such a cool image. And I wanted to share that with everybody in hopes that this gives you some direction for these moments when we get triggered. The goal is to share what's going on in a vulnerable way because then you're going to be able to tackle this together and respond in the way that helps to create safety. So I hope this all makes sense. And there are things that can come up and things that can go wrong in the process And just to touch on this briefly, usually when things go wrong, it's because of the other person's internal block. So let's say now that we've worked through this with them, I was able to help her process through her own fears, right? The fear of embarrassment, the fear of causing a problem, the fear of setting the progress going backwards. Just by being able to disclose that, that that opened up the door for this conversation for her to reassure her, for, for him to reassure her. So the reason why he could do that so well is because he's in a different place. He's done a tremendous amount of good work in the sessions that we've had. He's understanding things differently. He's processing his shame because that's usually one of the bigger blocks that gets in the way. And so this is where I say if this is like the goal is to have these types of conversations in order to get the response on the other side of understanding, of validation, of reassurance. Now, let's say you do share and you don't get that response. Let's say the wife shares and then her husband shuts down or the husband doesn't want to talk about it and sweeps it under the rug or maybe turns the tables and like gets critical of her or gets defensive, right? There's lots of possible negative reactions. Now, if this happens, it simply means there are something, there's something going on underneath the surface for him that needs to be resolved. So when I'm working with couples in a session and we have these conversations and there's a block for him, that's when I spend time and process that with him and resolve whatever's getting in the way. If he's getting defensive, then usually something underneath the surface is getting triggered, right? So whether it's an insecurity, whether it's a fear, whether it's a misunderstanding, his own inadequacy, you know, sometimes he might take it as like, ah, like she's telling me about her pain his shame comes up and says, I'm the one that caused the pain. I feel like a terrible person. We keep having these discussions. Things aren't getting better. I'm getting discouraged, right? All that stuff goes on inside of a husband, which prevents him from being there for his wife. And so I'm working with people in session to help them process those blocks 
because a lot of times it just takes some extra support or uh, it, it takes a process to be able to lead somebody through to resolve these blocks. So if you're noticing those blocks, all is not lost. It simply means there's just stuff that needs to be processed through that once it is, you will then absolutely be able to get the response that you're hoping for because all of these things internally that make that difficult, those are processed through so that person, so the husband can can be there for, for his wife when she needs him. So I would encourage you to... The next time you have an opportunity, I would encourage you to give this a shot and try to open up the door for the conversation and talk about how you feel. And then that can open up the door to then get a resolution and find closure when you can, the husband can respond and be empathetic and be supportive and respond in the way that the wife needs. Because once that happens, again, not only does the trigger dissipate, but the relationship becomes tr- stronger, the trust gets built back even faster, and it feels more secure, and it increases the safety because safety happens within a relationship. And if you can create these moments, then that builds the safety and the trust for you to keep making progress and working through things together. So I'd encourage you to give that a shot this week, and if you get stuck, again, remember, all is not lost. It simply means there's something else that needs to be processed through. And so, again, as I work with clients, it's, it's going through this process is such a tremendously helpful thing because you don't have to do the guesswork. So if anybody, I, if there's any way that I can support, I'm, I, I always love helping in any way that I can. So if anybody is stuck in finding ways to deal with triggers or process through conversations that are difficult, I would love to help in any way that I can. Again, you can always reach me at my email, which is sam at healingcouples.org. And I'd be happy to support you guys in any possible way that I can because I've seen this process work over and over and over again. It's just, it's such a, it it truly is a life-changing thing to be able to have difficult conversations and feel connected and know that you're working through this together. And so getting the support necessary to have these conversations, you know, sometimes is helpful. So that's, that option is available for those who feel like they need it. Um, but again, I would encourage you to give this a shot this week and see how that goes. And then we'll, we can pick things up within the next week as I share some more tools to help you on your way. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you guys soon. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.